This is an ABC podcast. Hi, I'm Melissa Clark, and this is the Australia Votes podcast. The campaign is now underway, and we are 40 days out from the federal election. From today, the ABC News team will be here every weekday afternoon with the latest from the campaign trail. And look, they say all politics is local, and that's the approach this podcast is going to take. Instead of focusing on what the parties and campaign headquarters want, each day we will speak to one of the ABC's hundreds of reporters and presenters from local bureaus around the country about how the campaign is playing out on the ground, what policies are resonating in the 151 electorates that will decide whether Scott Morrison or Anthony Albanese will emerge as the Prime Minister on May 21. In a moment, Simon Lauder from ABC South East New South Wales will join me from Bega to take a look at the seats of Eden Monero and Gilmore, which got a visit from Scott Morrison today. Housing is a really critical issue there. It's one that will feature in the election campaign, but it's a big question of how that plays where the problems are at their greatest. But first, let's take a quick look at the national situation. And I'm joined by one of the podcast's co-host, James Glenday. Hi. Hi, Mel. Look, James, it's day one. And we've started off with a pretty excruciating position for Anthony Albanese. It hasn't been the ideal start for either leader, but uh, I think Anthony Albanese's is a little bit more awkward. He was quizzed today about his economic management abilities. The government has been saying he doesn't have the experience to run the economy. Labor's been saying that's not true. And today he was asked what the cash rate was and what the unemployment rate was. And he couldn't really answer either. And it was quite an awkward moment. National unemployment rate at the moment is, uh, I think it's 5.4. Sorry, I'm not sure what it is. Look, after that moment, he did have to come back a little later on in the, the day and give a bit of a mea culpa. Earlier today, I made a mistake. I'm human. But when I make a mistake, I'll fess up to it and I'll set about correcting that mistake. I won't blame someone else. I'll accept responsibility. That's what leaders do. So, James, just how damaging is this going to be for Anthony Albanese? It's really hard to know. I think the coalition is going to bring this up again and again and again and again. Um, It's going to try to use this to its advantage as much as possible. And this is part of the reason I think we're having such a long campaign. The coalition starts behind. It hopes that by shining a spotlight, it can try to pin Anthony Albanese down somewhere where it hasn't been able to do that in normal times. And uh, this is one thing it wants to campaign on, economic management. So I think people who support Mr Albanese are going to say, oh, it's a slip up, people are human. And he did own his mistake, as as we heard, but uh, it, it's not a great start. But look, as you gave us a hint before, it hasn't exactly been the smoothest of days for Scott Morrison either. Can you tell me, what is Alan Tudge's job right now? <laughs> Alan Tudge stood aside at the end of last year from the education portfolio because there was an investigation into allegations that he had uh, been abusive to one of his former staff members when they were having a consensual affair. Now, he denies that uh, he was abusive. Uh, The investigation uh, found that uh, Mr Tudge hadn't breached ministerial standards. And uh, so technically, the government says there's nothing preventing him from coming back, but he is still formally stood aside. So it's a very weird situation. He's... Not currently acting as a minister, but he's still in cabinet. It's very strange. <laughs> he technically has not had his patent, the the orders from the Governor General, revoked. And so, therefore, he is still technically there. And I think that the, the assumption, if we read between the lines, is that he is likely to come back if the coalition is to win the election. 
Scott Morrison chose to head to the seat of Gilmore on day one of this campaign. Now, that's on the New South Wales south coast, just south of Wollongong. It stretches from Kiama right down to Turos Head. And it's next door to Eden Monero, which goes all the way down to the Victorian border and all the way west to the Snowy Mountains. These two seats are marginally held by Labor and they're ones that the government wants to pick up. I'm joined by Simon Lauder from ABC Southeast New South Wales. He's based in Bega. Simon, thanks for being with us. G'day, Mel. Great to be on the podcast. And we're in an election campaign. And I wanted to start by asking you about Scott Morrison's decision to head to Nowra on day one. You know, the South Coast has been through a lot in the last couple of years. Bushfires, the pandemic, flooding more recently. Uh, Do these traumas that the population has been through, does that mean there's an appetite for robust political debate about the future or is it more of an inclination to hide at the first sign of a core flute? Well, there's definitely an appetite for solutions to problems which have been building here in the last couple of years. Whether that means there's an appetite for more political campaigns, I'm not so sure. It was funny when you said we're in a political campaign now. I was thinking in this region, we've been in one since late last year. We had the local government elections in December 2021. They were barely out of the way when we had to go to the polls for the Monero and Bega state by-elections. That was just in February. And now here we are again with another election campaign. So I think there might be a bit of election fatigue. That's going to be the real challenge for the parties, right? Getting people's attention, which is traditionally done through campaigning, but also managing to convince them that there are serious reforms on offer and serious policies that can address these issues, because things like housing and cost of living are uh, are pressures that are being seen right across the nation. You know, we're Mm. seeing in all 151 electorates, these are relevant issues. But it does seem to be particularly relevant in your neck of the woods, given what has, has happened, given we've seen bushfires affect housing stock in a pretty extraordinary way, and then we've seen the pandemic, which has seen a lot of people uh, move from cities to regional areas, and let's face it, the South Coast is a pretty attractive option as well. Where does that leave the housing issue on the South Coast? Look, it's it's diabolical. It was already getting there after the bushfires, and that was before the pandemic made a lot of people in capital cities go, hey, I might move to the south coast. Uh, and that has just pushed up prices even higher. I mean, in the seat of Gilmore, you've seen some of the fastest growing housing prices, and there are, there are parts there that are just completely unaffordable. I'm thinking Kayama and, and Barry. It's just got to completely ridiculous levels. We've spoken to people who've grown up in this area and they can't afford to live here anymore. They can't afford the rentals that are on offer. They can't get in, get a look in to, to buy a place. So it really is something that has changed the social fabric of the place and not just for those directly affected as well. A lot of local businesses are telling us that they, they can find staff, but then the staff can't find somewhere to live. And some businesses even going as far as, you know, getting their own accommodation, buying accommodation for their staff. It shows you how severe the problem is. I mean, Scott Morrison did acknowledge it to some extent when he visited Nowra today. He was asked about this issue and what his government could do to help address the housing crisis. Here's a part of his answer. You're right. In regional areas, house prices have been rising. People in our major metropolitan areas, particularly in Sydney and Melbourne, have been used to that for a very long time. It's always hard to buy a house. Always. 
And so we at the last election said we need to make that just a bit easier for people, despite rising house prices. We put in place the Home Guarantee Scheme. We put in place the Home Builder Scheme. And on my way out here, I saw the housing estates with homes being built. That's the best thing you can do to reduce pressure on housing prices. Simon, how do you think that answer is going to go down locally? Look, I'm, I'm not sure that that is an answer that is going to really cut through and give people confidence that the Prime Minister understands the, the depths of this problem in this region um, to compare it to what's been happening in Melbourne or Sydney or Canberra in years gone by is I, I think we're facing a completely different situation now where even the cost of building a new house has gone up uh, by you know up to 40% in some cases. Uh, there's no solution that is on the table that I've seen so far that is going to actually lead to more housing options on the ground. I mean, it is just a, a lack of affordable housing, which means more supply needs to be there. And uh, I don't think either side has really put forward a solution that is going to to guarantee that. I think this is a challenge politicians are going to find as they move around, that the, what uh, answer might help in one place doesn't necessarily help in another. And we'll see if Anthony Albanese's housing policy uh, comes up with anything more suitable for the New South Wales South Coast. But I just want to stay with the coalition at the moment because it was the Prime Minister who was in Gilmore today and he was with the Liberal candidate, Andrew Constance, uh, who's hoping to take the seat off Fiona Phillips, who won it at the last election. And Andrew Constance is is someone who the Liberal Party headquarters really have high hopes for. They see him as a star candidate, former state Mm. transport minister. They think he can bring the seat back into the fold. Is Andrew Constance a more palatable face for the Liberal Party on the South Coast than the Prime Minister is? Look, that that's hard to answer. I guess it depends on who you, you talk to, but he's definitely got a lot of supporters, a lot of popularity from his many, many years as the local member in state parliament. I think it's going to be difficult for him, though, because the seat of Bega, which he used to represent uh, on Macquarie Street, it kind of stops uh, in the the southern part of the Gilmore electorate. So he's less of a known entity in Nowra and uh, the Bay and Basin area and around Jervis Bay, which is where most of the votes in the electorate of Gilmore are. So he's got a lot of work to do. And the incumbent, Fiona Phillips, she is pretty well known around uh, Nowra. She's a well-known, from a well-known farming family, and she was a TAFE teacher there. So she perhaps has re- the, that recognition factor in parts of Gilmore. Look, the Liberals are also eyeing off Eden Monero as they do, but we know that Labor's uh, incumbent Christy McBain seems to have uh, garnered a, a fair personal following mm. in the short time she's been in that role, and the Liberals had a very late selection for a candidate in uh, Dr Jerry Knuckles, I think it I was, sure who was did. part of the federal uh, federal intervention. Does, has that has that damaged their chances of trying to wrest back Eden Monero? Yeah, poor Jerry Knuckles. You've got to feel sorry for him. He was only pre-selected last week. He could have been out there campaigning for months, really, if if they'd been a bit more organised. So he's really starting with a, a bit of a setback there against, as you say, a popular member in Christy McBain. Um, so he's got a lot of work to do to bring up his recognition factor I reckon, Mel, but the the Liberal Party certainly a chance if he can succeed in that and if they run a good campaign nationally. Now, you're you're talking to me from Parliament House, 
in Canberra, Mel. I'm wondering what is the the goss within Parliament House about how the government sees southeast New South Wales and these two seats of Eden Monero and Gilmore and how Labor sees it. Are they both competing pretty fiercely, do you reckon? They definitely are, but I, th- I think the Liberals have a particular eye on it. When it comes to Gilmore, the Liberal Party seems to consider it their own. You know, they mm. lost it at the last election, partly from some own goals. You know, they parachuted in Warren Mundine as a candidate yeah. against the wishes of some of the local Liberal Party branches, as I'm sure you remember, and it ended up being a bit of a debacle. So there's a bit of a sense within Liberal Party HQ that it's their seat and they need to get it back rather they than... They had it for 20-something. Yeah. I mean, years before that, didn't they? Yeah, so there's a sense of it should be ours is the uh, is the right. approach that the Liberal Party t- tends to take with Gilmore. So I think that's why we're seeing Scott Morrison go there day one. They obviously uh, got Andrew Constance as the candidate earlier in the piece, or certainly earlier than Jerry Knuckles, as you were just saying. So they're certainly throwing a lot at this. They see this as somewhere they can pick up a seat. So I think... However election fatigued all the local residents <laughs> might be, I think you're going to get a lot more attention in the next six yep, weeks, I'm afraid. be ready to stand up and pay attention and very telling, as you say, that the Prime Minister began in southeast New South Wales. The Australia Votes podcast will be back tomorrow. If you have any questions about how the election's unfolding or why politicians are making certain announcements or visiting certain places or not focusing on something you think that they should be, send those questions into us on Australia Votes podcast at abc.net.au or use the link in the podcast description. And you can subscribe to this podcast on the ABC Listen app or wherever you are listening to your podcasts. I'm Melissa Clark. Until next time, thanks for listening. You've been listening to an ABC podcast. Discover more great ABC podcasts, live radio, and exclusives on the ABC Listen app.